Got everyone's attention. I'll wake everybody up. Good morning. One of the brave people who came out in the ice and the snow. ourselves 
who is on the throne this morning. Amen? It does not matter who sits in the White House. It matters who's sitting in God's house, right? So, hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's open a word of prayer and get our hearts right before the Lord. Good morning, God. This is the day that you have made. God, we choose to rejoice in it, choose to be glad in you, rejoice in you. Father, we ask that you would uh, be with us this morning. That your presence is here, it's tangible, that we would hear from you, that we would be encouraged from you. Father, that we would spend time giving you the uh, adoration and worship that you deserve. Um, God, and we just uh, ask for those traveling uh, around on the streets today, God, that you would uh, protect them. Lord, bless the other churches here in Big Brother, preaching the word of God, that um, people would be encouraged, fathers. We know that more people will be tuning in at home because of the weather. We thank you that uh, that weather will not stop any more people from being able to um, hear an encouraging word at home because uh, every church here in Big Bear and throughout the U U.S. is pretty much streaming as well. So, God, we thank you, Father. We pray that you would bless everyone who's participating in services wherever they might be, whether it's in person or whether it's from their living room or even if they're traveling uh, somewhere else. God, we need to hear from you. We need to be encouraged by you. Bless our service, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, are we all in tune? Oh. Let me capo up before we try to be in tune. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. But without you, I fall apart.
I'm loved by you. That's who I am. And I thought, well, there's nothing good in me. The Bible's clear about that. And yet, the king of the universe says that I love you. And there's an intrinsic value in you, no matter how close you are to the Lord or how far away you are from him this morning. And with that value, if you could just understand that value of the love that God has for you, I think you'd be able to walk in a different way. I think you'd find yourself understanding that you weren't created for sin, but for righteousness. And that you would want to walk in everything that God has for you. And receive all the forgiveness that God has for you. God, we thank you. Not that we deserve it or have earned it, but we thank you for the love that you've given us, Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Search us. Show us the things that you want us to walk into and the things that you want us to walk away and out of, God. Father, it's scary to walk away from something that we've used to comfort ourselves, something that we've used to make us feel better, to give us confidence. But God, we know that you're good. You're a good, good Father. So God, by faith, we trust you to lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, by faith, we cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. By faith, we offer ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is our spiritual act of worship. By faith, empower us today to walk in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love one another as you can and feel comfortable to greet one another. And I want to greet everyone this morning on, on, uh, at home, on, on, the, on the website, on the live stream, and on Facebook. Blessings to you. I'm so glad that you've joined us this morning. Stay tuned because I believe the word, uh, word of the Lord is going to come, and I pray that it will encourage you and empower you to, to have a, a, a deeper rock with him. Amen. And, uh, so we're going to just greet you there. Uh, greet one another on Facebook. I'm going to uh, see who's watching online. And uh, give a shout-out from wherever you are if you're watching online. Thank you, James. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, James. Good worship.
you guys doing this morning? Good. You made it out. Good job. Way to get here safely. <laughs> so, guys, this video is all about um, we have all access. It's free access to what's called Right Now Media. And it's really cool. There's tons of different, like, Bible study videos and um, just cool videos for youth, for teens, for kids. Um, for adults, and so it's a really cool um, resource that we have that we can take advantage of. But in order for you to take advantage of that resource, we need to invite you. And so how that works is I'm going to be passing around this sign-up sheet. It will ask you for your name and your email address. So if you want to have access to Right Now Media, that way we can go ahead and send it to you to your email. What's cool, um, I actually use it every single morning. They have an autoplay button thing on there or where you can just listen to it aud audibly and not have to watch it. So as I'm getting ready every morning, I'm listening to different sermons. There's Francis Chan, there's Louis Gig Giglio, lots and lots of cool stuff. So it's a really good thing for you guys to take advantage of. So I'll be passing this around, and if you are interested in that, go ahead and fill out your email. For those of you that are online watching, maybe you can send us a message with your email as well, and we'll go ahead and send you an invitation to that too. Um, the next announcement that I had for you guys is, so this box here is for Operation Christmas Child. We talked a little bit about it last week. Basically what this is, is you can fill a box with toys that um, reflect a certain age group and a boy or a girl. And then these boxes get sent overseas to kids who don't normally get Christmas gifts. And so you can we have some of these boxes and if you really feel like you're going to fill one up it's nine dollars to ship the box plus whatever you're going to put in it the cost of the toys and stuff like that and there are things out front that explain exactly like what you can put inside the boxes and that kind of stuff um, if you don't want to do a full box and maybe you want to just help because we have the youth group and we have kids zone that are going to be doing boxes as well and maybe you just want to like bring some toys or you want to bring some money to help cover the shipping cost you can do that as well um, there is a big wrapped box in the hallway where you can bring those toys and stuff like that for donations or if you're going to do money you can put um, in an envelope in the back in the tithe and offering boxes and just put Operation Christmas Child on the envelopes. Um, so lots of different ways that you can give and, you know, it's the season for giving, right? <laughs> and so we want to give back, especially to those that are less fortunate than ourselves. And so that's that. And then... Um, we at Illuminate Youth Group have our annual turkey bowl, and that's exactly what it sounds like. We, <laughs> we bowl with a turkey, a giant frozen turkey, and it's a lot of fun. And so that's going to be on November 24th. But here's the thing. After the turkey bowl, we do a Thanksgiving meal for the youth that are there. And I've said this before. Sometimes we've had youth in the past that have expressed that they have never even had a Thanksgiving meal. And so it's a really cool opportunity to provide that experience for them. And so we're looking for people who would be interested in signing up to bring food or make food. I have a specific list here of all the different food items that we're looking for. Maybe you don't cook, but you want to bring some rolls or some whipped cream for the pie or sodas for the kids. That is an option as well. Butter. Like, we need butter for the rolls. <laughs> so you can sign up to do that. And then we also have a sign-up for you if you want to help serve the youth. So, so, like, after they come in, after their turkey bowl, we line up and we get to serve the youth. And it's, so it's a really cool experience for us to give back once again. Um, so I'm going to snake this 
through the audience. So again, there's the Right Now Media sign up, and then there's the Turkey Bowl food list, and then the volunteer list on here as well. So there's a lot of different things you can sign up for. So make sure you check out all the pages on here. And the best way to make sure that this gets to everybody is to kind of snake it all the way across, all the way across, all the way across, um, instead of just side by side kind of a deal. So I'm going to start on this side. <laughs> Okay, the next announcement we have, um, again, we have collaborated with the Holiday Giving Collaborative here in Big Bear Valley, where we are going to provide Thanksgiving meals for five families that aren't going to be able to have Thanksgiving food. And so you, there's another way you can donate. You can either bring uh, food. We have a bin at the end of the hallway where if you want to bring food, we already have some people who've brought some stuff. Thank you so much. Um, we're looking for non-perishable items that would go for a Thanksgiving meal. Or if you want to donate money towards that, we're going to be getting turkeys for them. So five families is what the Journey Church has dedicated to support within the community. So, and if you have any questions, please come ask me. The next announcement is that we have a membership class that's coming up on December 5th. So if you've been attending the Journey Church and you're like, I feel like this is my home, and you want to make you know, you want to become a member of the Journey Church, we would love to have you. And so we have um, just a few hour class that we do to kind of go over our mission and who we are as a body and what we want to do in order to spread the word of God. And then we have food. And so that's really exciting. <laughs> and so that's going to be December 5th, I believe at 9 a.m. And um, so I really encourage you guys, we're going to have a sign up for that next week. So be praying about that if you want to become a member of the Journey Church. And that's all the announcements I have for you guys today. Um, the next thing is we're just going to jump right into our time of tithes and offerings. And I know I've talked to you guys a lot about the many different ways that you can give, especially over the next couple months. Sometimes it can be a stretch to, to continue to reach into our pockets. We're buying presents. We're buying food. We're doing all these different things. But I just want to encourage us that God says, know that he will give back abundantly the pressed down shaken and overflowing of the things that he will give back if we are faithful and obedient to tithing and giving back to the church and so um like i said i know it could be difficult to to tithe during this time but i just want to ensure you that god is faithful and he is good and again there's a couple different ways you can tithe you can tithe online you can um do the text to give or go to the journey church big com right? Yes. I always think it's .org, but it's .com. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then we're going to have the gentleman come down here and uh, receive our tithes and offerings after I pray. So let's go ahead and do that. Father, we thank you so much, God, just for this season that's coming up, God, where we can bless one another, Lord, and where we can give back to you. And so, Father, as maybe things might be tight, Lord, we ask that you would give us one wisdom in how to... Um, to use our finances wisely, God, and how to um, how to reach those that need to know you, God. I think these are amazing opportunities that we've talked about today that we can be the hands and feet of who you are, Lord, and to spread the gospel and the good news of what you did for us. And so, Father, I pray that as everything that we do within the, this season of giving, God, and just the holidays that are coming up, God, that we would be a light in this dark world. And so, Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come and to worship you today, Lord, and um, 
and just all the amazing freedoms that we have in this country. Lord, we pray that you would keep those freedoms um, safe and secure, Lord, and, and um, just help us to, to worship you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. There we go. Hallelujah. Hey, this morning is, um, well, it's not Veterans Day. Wednesday is Veterans Day. But we want to take a moment um, to honor anyone who has um, served in the military. Uh, serving in the military, my son right now is in there. My brother served um, 15 years. Uh, he was part of Desert Storm. Um, you know, I, I personally really honor anyone who's given up of themselves, you know, four, six, eight, ten, doesn't matter how long, uh, that sacrifice to be away from family, to be involved in things that... Uh, you know, it's it's uncomfortable, um, and and we need that in our in our uh, country. So, if you have served um, in any of the armed forces, uh, we just want to give an opportunity for you to stand so that we can honor you. And I don't know if we do have any veterans in this morning or not. I know that we do have veterans. And we, we, we yes, of course, we have Rick in the back. Is anyone else? Well, let's honor Rick. Thank you, Rick. It's, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, one of my youth kids from uh, Oakdale, one of my former churches, um, he, he uh, after, uh, after high school, after youth group, he went and he joined the Army. And, um, and uh, you maybe Chase is watching today, but, you know, we tried to encourage him. There was a guy who wanted to help him through the process. He went and did it alone, and he got uh, suckered into being a, uh, a field engineer, I believe what it's called. Uh, which he says, oh man, it's great. You get to build bridges and do stuff, and you know you get to do uh, like plant bombs if we need to blow up a bridge. And he goes, man, that sounds really cool. The part that they didn't tell him, the main part of the job, was that he was the one walking in front of the crews looking for bombs. That's why they needed field engineers, um, because that's a dangerous, dangerous job. He he made it out um, alive, and uh, we are thankful. But he told me one time, he says, when you join the army you write a blank check payable up to the amount of your life and they hold that the entire time and i thought man that's a that's a tough one so we honor those who've done that and uh it's a it's an awesome and powerful thing you mean I, I imagine well normally there's there's veterans day celebrations and things to honor veterans um there's but uh this year who knows 
right? We just don't know what's happening. Um, things are canceled, things are changing, and, um, and uh, obviously uh, things may change even more come January uh, 20th. Is it 20th or 10th? 20th, right? Um, but but uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to spend much time here at all on the, on the election. Um, but the, the godly perspective is that as believers, we need to really just always put our trust in God and not in man. Um, I've read a number of things. I was like, okay, Lord, let's see what things are out there, uh, different perspectives for us. And a, a couple of things that just stood out, almost one-liner type of things, is uh, af after this election, and, and I know it's not over, um, I was looking for a fat lady. She, I didn't find her. She's not singing. And so we'll wait until she gets her vocal cords warmed up and see if she, when she sings. Um, it could go back the other way. It doesn't look like it. Um, you know, it looks like uh, our, our new president will be um, Joseph Biden um, with a, a vice president of Kamala Harris. And uh, if you voted for them, I'm sure that that makes you, you really happy. And, and, and this is what I real, one of the things I realized. About 50% of the, the United States is really happy. And about 50% of the United States is not really happy. Isn't it amazing? You know, and guess what? That other 50% from your side are people. And they want to have a good life. They want to have prosperity. Uh, they want to have safety. They want to have uh, order. Now, now, there are some people, um, a few, that, that don't want order. But that's not the general population. Even though you differ highly from the other side, whatever side that is, one thing I found out when I start talking to people, we all want the same thing. We just believe we'll get it two different routes. Okay, so remember that. We have different ideas of how to get there, but most people want safety, security, prosperity. They, want, uh, uh, they don't want hatred and division. And, and even though some people stir up those things, the average person really doesn't want that. They all want to get along. Sometimes the way we think we should get along is to bash the other side until they agree with us. How'd that go, by the way? <laughs> Didn't seem very fruitful to me. Um, so let's remember that as we move forward. As believers, um, during the election, we, we put out a lot of things, both sides. Um, I, I know a lot of believers who uh, voted Democrat. Know um, a lot of believers, obviously, uh, voted conservative Republican. And um, d during that time, there was a lot of kind of yelling back and forth. But there's also things like you know, let's show love and let's show respect. Well, are we going to continue to walk in the things of God for believers? We need to be God-fearing, God-loving. So let's not become hypocrites after the election. Let's, let's stay the course with Jesus, no matter which side you're on. Um, if it, we're not going to gloat if, if your side, uh, if the way your vote went is the one that wins. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to riot. We're going to love Jesus and be a good example. And it doesn't mean we can't vote and have our opinions, but outwardly we're going to have a good example to, to the world. And, um, you know, Bobby, do you feel, feel like you're, your thing would be important here? And she said she had like a testimony and, and if it's... Okay, come on up. If you don't know Bobby, she, she's uh, just awesome. But um, she's got a ministry here in Big Bear Lake called PTL Plus. You should check it out. 
As um, we've gone through uh, some complicated times um, in the past two weeks, especially yesterday, uh, the Lord reminded me. I, I don't get moved so much from the political stuff. He reminded me of years ago when he took me out of the miry pit. I was in the political world. And Jesus came into my heart. I was a single parent. I got a different job. I had to sell my house. And I had to move into something else and rent. I had never rented in my life. <clears throat> but I had four kids at home. A wonderful woman helped me find this wonderful condo uh, for my children and I, and it was going to be a challenge being there, but I had faith. And um, when I moved in there with my four kids, we had all these boxes and we were happy. It was like a new start. And then I got a phone call. And she said, Bobby, I am so sorry to tell you this, but you know that this complex has been on the market for five years, and we've got a buyer and close escrow in two weeks, full price. Said, and I'm thinking, so yeah, fine. And she says, but he wants to live in your unit, so we have to give you two weeks. And I sat on the floor. She was crying. <laughs> I was crying. It was the whole world had been pulled out from under my feet. And the first thing was like, are we gonna be homeless? And I got four kids in different grades. And so she said, I'll be praying. And I was sitting there crying. I didn't want the kids to see me. So I went into the bathroom. I thought I'll take a shower so I can weep and they won't hear me. And as I was weeping, the Lord said, start thinking. And I'm thanking him about the gas in the car and the insurance that I can pay and everything, everything, everything. Down to, and the thing that impressed me, the silliest thing, which was that I had salt in the, in the salt shaker and I had pepper in the pepper shaker. It was that dramatic, a, a shift, my whole world. And then once I did that, the Lord allowed me to sing. I started singing and I had walked into that room with oppression and fear, anxiety, stress, God, where are you? But the Lord showed me a lesson. I thanked him, I started singing. And as I sang, that whole feeling lifted i could physically feel it lift off of me and the lord taught me a principle and he showed me because as i felt it lifting he spoke the enemy cannot stand it when we're stressed and we have every single reason to feel anxiety the enemy cannot stand it when you thank me and when you praise me he flees and let me tell you i had a total peace when I needed to inform my kids that we might have to move. And I went to work. Two days later, she called me. I had, I had no fear, really. And two days later, she called me and she said, you're not gonna guess, you're not gonna believe this. He closed it. He decided he didn't wanna buy the place. 
So my only message that, and, and the Lord reminded me, doesn't matter if the world's chaotic. If you keep your eye focused on him, there's a multitude of scriptures that walk you through it. But if you keep your eyes focused on him and thank him for even the little things, and then praise him and worship him, the enemy can't stand it. Amen. <laughs> She's a little shorter than I am. <laughs> She's not short. She's just fun-sized. <laughs> Amen. Hmm. So a couple weeks ago, I, I started a message um, out of Ezekiel chapter 37, if you recall. Uh, last week, Josue was with us. And um, this message was about the rattling of the dry bones that God had showed Ezekiel a picture of. That, um, that by the word of prophecy, Ezekiel prophesied the word of God to the bones. And the bones came together. There was a great rattling, and they came together and stood upon uh, the bone to bone until it was a great army, and it stood up, but it still wasn't alive. And it wasn't until Ezekiel prophesied the breath of God or the wind of God to come back into the bones that life actually happened. And that, that message was very powerful to me in my preparation. And this week, um, as, as I'm going back to that, I want to preach the second part. Um, it, it's just so powerful because uh, part, part of the revelation in that for me is that when you preach the word of God, um, yes, the bones come together. But what God kind of gave me a picture of um, is, is in a church, actually. Um, the preaching of the word of God will bring dry bones together. They will, they will gather every Sunday to hear the proclaimed preaching of the word of God. But too often, those same bones that gather together that are pulled in because of the preaching, the proclamation of the word of God, if you're following with me, um, they come together, but they have no life. They have no life. And so, um, you know what? Real quick, hey, hey Rick. Uh, on the blue, th the, the blue, all the, the effects and stuff, you can pull them all down if you know how to do that because I'm going to echo, I think. Maybe not. Okay, I'll get a little closer too. So, so the, the preaching of the Word of God, the dry bones come together. And I don't know about you, um, I'll, I'll confess, there's many a times I have gathered my dry bones to the church. Um, I have gathered together with other dry bones in the building at the church to hear the preaching of the word of God. I'll even confess further that I have come together as the preacher of the word of God with dry bones. Dried, just, ugh, with, with not feeling much spiritual life in them. So, so the gathering together um, in this place sometimes is the preaching of the word is gathering some dry bones. Can you, any of you relate with that? Am I the only one? 
if, if, if okay, otherwise I'd leave because this place would be too too good for me, too holy for me. But I think that's part of life is that we, we sometimes we get dry. And we get dry for a lot of different reasons. Um, we get defeated and we, and we become, in a sense, killed by the enemy, by life and by things. In, in the time of Ezekiel, um, these were a, a vision. It wasn't real bones, but he had walked through a valley where he had seen the slain of Israel. And they were, uh, they were dead and they were, they, had, they were cast aside. Sometimes that's what happens to us as people. We, we get cast aside. We get killed, in a sense. We just feel like, man, I just feel dead. And, and we're, we're dry. And then we sit there and we even get drier. Um, and so that comes. That we, we still come to church and we hear the preaching of the word of God. But we leave sometimes going, I'm still dry. And you take it home and you go, I'm still dry. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that the, the, the preaching of the word of God is, is tantamount. It's so important. I'm not saying that the preaching of the word of God is, is wrong at all in this message and that, that it's lacking anything. But, but if we will only hear the preaching of the word without a spirit of God, without the wind of God, without the breath of God, then, then we're going to become, uh, it's really not going to bring life. Now, the, the word of God can come with life and we can be spiritual people and receive it at the same time as we're receiving the breath of God. So it doesn't have to be a two separate things. But what I'm saying is we can also come and hear preaching of the word and still be dead. Uh, sometimes you're, you're dead. Uh, people who come to church are spiritually dead and have never been alive. They're unsaved. They come week after week, month after month, even year after year, sitting in a church, listening to the preaching of the Word of God, and yet have never surrendered their life to Christ. Now, that's ultimate spiritual death. But for us, in a way, we come spiritually dead, and I mean dry. Um, not that we're unsaved. I don't believe you lose your salvation in those moments, but you come and you're just needing the breath of God in our life. And we can live there too long. So this morning, I want to talk about uh, the second part of Ezekiel's prophecy of, of him prophesying to the breath of God. Now, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that the word for wind um, in the Hebrew, which is also the same thing that happens in the Greek, though it's two different words, can mean wind. It can also mean breath. And it can also mean spirit. And translators have to understand which word to use there. Is it spirit, breath, or wind? And sometimes, honestly, some uh, translators have, have gotten things wrong. That's why there's other translations. That's why sometimes when you read a Bible verse, and, and most of the time they're very similar, but every once in a while you're reading a word, and it's very different in one translation than the other. And there's, different, there's, there's uh, differences in opinion of what that word might mean. And so, um, but, but Jesus... Um, even he, he breathed on his disciples as receive the Holy Spirit. So there is such a connection with wind and breath and spirit. Um, there, there, there's been a case in the Bible and, 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 and natural life where there was a feeling of the wind coming in and then the people were filled with the Holy Spirit. So this morning I want to talk about being full of the Spirit. We don't want to just come and hear the Spirit. Uh, we don't want to just come and hear the preaching of the Word. You don't want to just sit at home and read the Word w without the life of the Spirit of God in it. And, and the things of the Holy Spirit is a little bit interesting because um, there are some differing opinions on what that means and what that looks like. And 
you, you have some who um, believe, uh, we, most, all Christians believe in the Holy Spirit. Some put more emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Some put less. But even within denominations, there are some denominations that believe that the Holy Spirit comes once and, and, and that's it and, and is just there as, as part of the salvation package. And there are no miracles or gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so this morning I'm going to share what I believe. And, and, you know, honestly, some of the things I believe are probably not as accurate as what maybe some other people believe. But in my study, in my uh, searching the scriptures and in my life, um, I'm, I still believe these things because I find them to be true. And so uh, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit this morning, we're going to be talking both about what some people, Pentecostals, believe as can be called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people use the word filled with the Holy Spirit, um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, baptism of fire. There's, there's different terms that can be used for. We're going to be talking about that second expression of the Holy Spirit, but we're also going to be talking about spirit-filled living. And really, they are two different things, and yet they overlap a lot. So, so I'm going to try to I'm going to fly by this a little bit. Um, Jesus promised us that he would send the Holy Spirit to us. He, it was a promise. Okay? Um, and, in, and, and then in Ephesians 5.18, we're commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said it was a promise that it would come. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the ways the Holy Spirit comes and, and what that looks like. But it's also, so it's a promise, but it's also a command. Uh, Ephesians 5.18 um, and Acts 1-4. Let's, let's go to a couple of those. Some of my, some of the scriptures I'm just going to mention and some we can read together. In Ephesians 5-18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And then it goes on and tells us some things to do. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But, but focusing on it, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, which is, is, that means filled, overflowing, always walking in the Spirit. We're going to talk a little bit today of, of some ways that we can, we can do that. This is, is different, though, than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I, I want to hit, hit that. Jesus said to us, he says, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. Jesus, and I, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into this. My notes has, has a couple pages. So I'm going to kind of give I want really an abbreviated version just to, so you can see these things. You, you remember that you know, Jesus was um, sentenced to death uh, and put on the cross on Passover. You might not know that was Passover. He, he died. He didn't just go into the tomb alive and faked it. He died. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Forty days later, Jesus was walking with him for 40 days. Forty days later, Jesus was with him. And, and in Acts chapter 1, he said that you are to wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He says you're going to go into all the world, preach the gospel, but before you do, you need to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Now, salvation 
comes to us by faith when we repent of our sins and believe in Jesus Christ. Amen? It, it's, it's salvation is not a process. Sanctification is about salvation happens the moment that we believe. Now, when was salvation available to the early disciples? I don't know if you ever thought about that. I have. When was salvation? They followed Jesus, but Jesus was still alive. He hadn't died for their sins. So when he died for their sins, the sacrifice for their sins was paid for. So maybe right when Jesus died, salvation was available because he died for sins. But he hadn't been exalted and raised to the right hand of the Father, showing us that we would have eternal life. That happened 40 days later. Okay? So... Jesus on the cross said it is finished, but then he rose from the dead. And then he ascended to the Father 40 days later. At that point, at, at the point of Jesus rising from the dead and going to the Father, there was nothing more Jesus did for us in that, in that, set, in that meaning. He does stuff for us every day, you know what I mean? But he rose and that was it. He didn't come back and do anything else. The payment for our sins was done, and he showed that life is possible by the resurrection of the dead. That was it. Why did the Holy Spirit tarry 10 more days before coming upon us? If, if the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just part of the salvation experience, I think it should have happened immediately because it would have been part of it. But, but Jesus said, you're going to wait for 10 more days. And they waited and they prayed and they didn't even know what they were waiting for. And then Acts chapter 2, it says, as they were praying and waiting... A sound like a rushing wind filled the place. And tongues of fire came and sat on each one of them as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues. And miracles began to happen like it never happened before because of this filling in the power of the Holy Spirit. Ten days after the resurrection of Jesus. We find a few other places that, that are going to back this up that, that I believe that when we get saved, we're saved. And the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin. The Bible is very clear about that. We don't convict ourselves of sin. The Holy Spirit is involved in part of every part of our salvation. The moment a believer becomes a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in him. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. But I believe that there is an additional baptism and power in the Holy Spirit that God wants to give to believers. And it happened 10 days later for, for the disciples. And, it, and, and for those who would say, well, you know, that was just for the disciples. Well, then why was there 120 that weren't just his 12 disciples that also got filled? And then we're going to find out there was a lot of other uh, baptisms in the Holy Spirit and then fillings of the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts. The book of Acts, if another name, they call it the Acts of the Apostles. I don't think it's the Acts of the Apostles. I think it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. You see what the Holy Spirit is doing all through the, bo the book of Acts. Um, there's such an emphasis on the Spirit's infilling people and giving them power to witness. Now, let me, I'm going to say this. I'll probably say it more than once. I don't want anyone to think in here because I preach about a, a, a baptism in, in the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them that if they don't, if they don't think they've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that they, they're not saved or that they don't have Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Salvation, be, be, having a baptism in power it has nothing to do with salvation. But I believe it's the, available for us to walk in, mo, in an additional power. And, and the, the, whole, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about power. For, the main thing is about evangelism, honestly. All the gifts of the Spirit are, are about blessing other people, and many of them are helped to help in evangelism, spreading the Word of God. But there's something amazing that happens. And, uh, and so that, that is... Um, 
one of the things that, that happens is that the Holy Spirit will, will come upon us if we ask. It was Luke 24, he says, Behold, I send you the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Um, in one of, I believe it's in Luke. I, my notes are a little scattered this morning because something happened to me. But um, one of the versions where, where Jesus is teaching about asking and receiving, and I believe it's in Luke 10, I think. He said, if you... A father, if a son asks you for bread, will you give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? He says, no. He says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give to those who ask and the Holy Spirit? He actually is teaching us that we're supposed to ask for the Holy Spirit fullness. It, it, it's something you're supposed to say, Lord, I want to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, after Pentecost, which um, was one of, one of the other Jewish feasts, this is when um, the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues. Peter is changed drastically and dramatically in this moment. He goes from the doubting Peter, you know, it's called doubting Thomas. We go from, you know, uh, nervous, weak Peter. Peter, who denies Christ at his crucifixion, and, and he's hiding throughout the beginning of, of, of the, the story of Acts or at the end of the Gospels, and then all of a sudden, he's in a room, he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, and now he's preaching to, to 5,000 or to 3,000. He's preaching boldly, a, a gospel that could get him killed because Jesus was killed, because the, the Spirit of God came upon him in such a powerful way. A number of times in other places in Acts, um, as the disciples are, are going from place to place, as Paul's going from place to place, um, they would come to people and, and they found believers. And they said, have you received the Holy Spirit? And the believers said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We've just been baptized in the name of Jesus. And so they prayed for them. So the disciples laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So, so, the, so for those who say it's, it's one and the same, either these disciples who believed on Jesus weren't saved yet because they didn't have the Holy Spirit, or they were saved but were lacking an extra benefit of what God wanted to do in their lives, and that's giving them power. And that's, that's what I believe is, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's, it's after salvation. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be. It can happen in the same moment of salvation. And I, and I believe that it comes and, and lives are changed with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't focus a lot on the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I think we can get lost in seeking gifts. I don't want to be a gift seeker. I want to be the, the gift giver seeker. Okay? Um, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having a gift of, let's say, prophecy or... or um, supernatural ability to preach, um, a, a gift of wisdom, a gift of healing, a gift of a miracle, a gift of speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. Those are all awesome. And I've seen almost every one of the gifts. I've seen, I've seen miracles of healing. I've seen, uh, seen and heard prophetic words that were right, not just what people want. There's a lot of that going on on Facebook, people proclaiming things prophetically. And if they don't come to pass, then the word wasn't from God. It's kind of easy. 
but I've seen words of wisdom and things come to pass that would just, you know, I've seen, I've seen demons be delivered from people. I've been involved in those things. Um, I've seen all some, uh, some really awesome and crazy miracles. I've yet to see somebody raised from the dead, but I do have friends in Guatemala. There was a, uh, a, a, a young person who was raised from the dead um, off of uh, Atitlan, Lake Atitlan. And some people went to the same village after the person uh, was raised from the dead, and they and they verified it. And they're you know, so it's like I'm just one generation away from this awesome miracle of somebody coming back to life. I want to see that. I want to see that someday. Um, so so miracles and, and the power of the Holy Spirit is awesome, but I don't focus on that because one of the things that happens when you focus on that, you're always just seeking a gift. We don't want to do that. It's like being friends with a millionaire and you're just always hanging out with him because you're hoping he's going to give you something. You know? I, and I, I don't have any millionaire friends. I'm glad because I, I'd hate to see my heart go that way. Can you imagine? You know that a lot of people, when they become rich, they lose their friends and family because their friends and family start looking at them as a, as a, as a ticket, a meal ticket, a blessing ticket. And um, if, you've, if you've ever had money and that's happened, you, you can say, yeah, it's weird. It starts getting weird. Is that what we do with God when we're seeking his gifts? Just hanging out with him because we want to see power? That's why I don't focus on those things. But I, it's important for us to know that there is power to walk in in God, that he wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and that, we, that, that you can ask for that and you're supposed to. Lord, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It, it's, it's as simple as this. And then we're going to move on to what, what I believe is being filled with the Holy Spirit in a different form. If there is something more for you in your Christian walk, do you want it? Okay. Then it's soul, it's settled. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about all teaching. Say, Lord, if, if I'm missing something in my life that you have for me that's true and real, I want it. Because I don't want to lack something in my Christian experience. Now, here's what's awesome about that. If I'm wrong, and there is not a baptism in the Holy Spirit, and there isn't something, and you pray that honest prayer, it's not like God is going to fill you with a false spirit. He's not going to do anything, because there's nothing more to give. So don't worry about it. But the prayer sincerity, go, man, if I've missed it, if, if I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit for power, and, and that's available, I want it. I want it. It'd be like going into battle. And, and I think I got all my armor, and then someone says, hey, did you know that there's a new, there's a new flak jacket? It's like better. It, it protects you more from bullets. And there's a couple of new weapons, and um, you know, there's some better communication equipment. And do you want it before you go into battle? And you're like, yeah, nah. Good. I like what I have. I know it was all made in 1920, but, but I'm, I'm comfortable in what I know. You said, man, if there is something better, if there's something more that I don't understand and, and I haven't walked and I want it. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. So the first thing is we need to be hungry. It says, bless those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. We can hunger and thirst for the Spirit of God to come. And we can ask for the Spirit of God to come. Say, God, I want your Spirit. I want more of you and I want less of me. Well, that's part of the thing. In order to walk in the fullness of the Spirit, we need to have less of us and more of Him. Hmm, so much. Woohoo! Okay. So, we're talking about dry bones. Now, 
I asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was young. And, and I, I, I believe I received it. Things started happening in my life that I hadn't seen before. Started, I, I spoke in tongues, which is weird. I mean, it's weird. If you've never spoken tongues, it's kind of weird. You get this language and you pray in it. Um, I've been led to lay hands on people. I, there was a, a woman in our Bible study. Um, God told me to, to lay hands and pray for her. She couldn't have children. God healed her that night, and she had a baby. It was just awesome. So I, I, I've, I've been able to, to walk in these, walk in these things. Um, I asked... I didn't do anything. I, I received by faith. And, and I tell you, that was the hard part is because I didn't know if it was real. My first experience of being um, uh, open or to, uh, to the Holy Spirit and baptized the Holy Spirit was up here at uh, um, Assemblies of God. And it was in 1985. So I don't know if you guys were, you weren't there yet. Um, I don't even know who the pastor was. I was, you know, hadn't really fully come back to the Lord yet. Um, I was a teenager, was living my life pretty bad. And my sister invited us, me to church. And I said, well, I'm Christian. I'm American. I, I'm a Christian. So we went to church, went to Somebody's of God Church. And we sat through the service. And I remember walking out of their doors laughing. I walked out of the front and I just started laughing. And I had a buddy with me and, and my sister. And I was laughing at the crazy people in the church. I didn't even know what it was, but they were like really exuberant and waving hands and doing this stuff, and they were speaking this funny language. And I vowed on that day, I will never go to a church like that again. A, a few weeks later, we ended up here, and honestly, this church, Big Bear Christian Center, was more radical than, than Assemblies was at the time. I mean, it was they were nuts. But something happened in my heart. And, and I, I sat under the preaching of the word. I got involved with the youth group, and I stayed. And it was still kind of weird. And, and I, remember, I remember one night in the youth group, uh, Tracy Green um, was doing a message on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and the example was so good. She had a, a can of whipped cream, and she says, this is you. And when you get the Spirit of God in you, the Holy Spirit in you, what comes out of you is bigger than you. It's just kind of a neat thing. It's like the power of God, the Spirit of God inside of us actually is bigger and beyond us and that she would pour out and she did the whole thing of whipped cream until it was a huge mountain that came out of this little candy. So that's like the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, what can come out of you is way bigger than you. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. And I was young. And so I said, okay, what do we do? And she said, well, you just ask. You pray and you ask. So I asked. And I don't know if anything happened. At the time, I didn't know if anything happened. I didn't start speaking in tongues. A lot of people speaking in tongues. That didn't happen. And, um, and so I was in a, in another service and, um, uh, with, uh, A.L. Gill next door. And he, he did the, uh, uh, preached on the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, well, I, I, I want that. I heard about it once before. And so I prayed the prayer. It says, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And nothing happened. And then we're back in youth group and Tracy did a, a, another lesson on it. And I'm like, yeah, I've been wanting this. And, and so, she, so afterwards she says, well, we're going to lay hands and pray for you. Um, and there was a number of us in that room. And they prayed for different people. And she went to go lay hands on me. And, and I, you know, I, I, it, that's been a long time. I was going, well, why is this not sounding right? The, the whipped cream thing hadn't happened first. It was Gail Gill's first. Because then she did this message. And I didn't tell her that I prayed to receive the Holy Spirit with A.L. Gill. She did the message. And I'm like, yeah, I, I want this. So she went to go pray for me. And before she touched me, she says, 
you're already filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I didn't even tell her I asked. I didn't do it. She didn't know anything. She goes, you're already filled in the Holy Spirit. She, and as soon as she said that, I started speaking in tongues. It's weird. Can I, can I explain it? Absolutely not. I can't. I just know that, that something happened. Now, here's the thing. Scripturally, the moment I asked for it, or even before, when I was open to more of God and wanted more, Sometimes I think it's just about, God, I want all of you. I want more. I don't want any. But we ask him, God, I want to walk in your power. I want to walk in your victory. At some point, I was already filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't because I spoke in tongues. That was just an after thing. It was a gift that God gave me. Okay? But he wants to fill us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But in addition, I don't want to say more than that, but I think it is more than that. He wants us to walk a spirit-filled life. He doesn't, just want, he doesn't want us to walk around and prophesy to each other. That's not what it's about. He wants us to walk in the fullness of the spirit. He wants us to be alive in the spirit. Overflowing. The scripture, the command that I talked about in Ephesians, it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now one of the things is, is, he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why does he say, don't be drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? There's got to be a connection in being drunk and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now there's a, a couple possibilities in here. Maybe it's all of them, or maybe it's just, just a couple of them. One is when, when you're drunk, you, you know, you're you kind of, you can do weird things. So maybe people, some people say, well, so being filled with the Holy Spirit, is that's why speaking in tongues is compared to that. I don't think so. When you're drunk, you are under control of a spirit, right? Go to liquor store. What's it called? Spirits, okay? You're under the control of a spirit. You're under the control of alcohol, right? You get a, you get a, a, a ticket after drinking. It's called DUI, which stands for driving under the influence. The alcohol is influencing you. It's controlling you. You drink a little bit and you lose a little bit of inhibitions. You drink too much and now you are pretty much out of control because that's why so many people says, I can't believe I did that last night. I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't drinking. You were not in control of yourself any longer. The spirit, the alcohol was, uh, you, was controlling you. Listen, Christians should never be drunk because we should never be out of control. Okay? So don't be drunk, with, don't be drunk but be filled with the spirit. Well, what does that mean? If you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be controlled by the Spirit. It's about giving God, giving the Holy Spirit control in your life. Sometimes I get up here and I forget all my memory scriptures. And then I you know, kind of panic and I start looking for them. And I can't always find them in my notes. Galatians. Galatians. Anyways, Galatians chapter 5 is where I want to go. I think it came back. Thank you, Jesus. I may have to do a second part in this message because there's a lot more I want to say. And it'll leave us hanging here in a minute. Be filled with the Spirit. Let me, let me tell you, as you're going to Galatians chapter 5, the verb in there, be filled with the Holy Spirit, in the Greek, is um, it's an imperative, 
It's second person. It's also passive. So here's what it really means. This is what I believe means. This is what some other uh, scholars believe means. And it's all similar to this. Everyone agrees. It means be being filled. Okay, it's it's a state of being, but it's also an imperative. So so you get to do it. So it's saying for you to be in a place that you are always ongoing, being filled by the Spirit of God. So so the Spirit of God needs to come and fill you, and you need to put yourself in that place to where it's happening all the time. That's what it means. Not just once. Not just once. Be being filled. Galatians chapter 5. So, so what does that look like? Well, we're not going to achieve being filled with the Holy Spirit either in the baptism with power or with, with the ongoing having the Spirit-controlled life. We're not going to do that in our own strength. It's by faith in God. But here's what life will look like if you're not. Verse 16, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. If you're led by the spirit, you're not in the law. It goes on. Verse 19, the words, the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and just for good measure, and the like. See, these are works of the flesh. The flesh is, is what we're born in. We're born in a state of sin. The flesh wars against the Spirit of God, and it did from the very beginning. There's something in us that just doesn't want to line up with what God wants. We want to do our own thing. Always. It's, it's, it's amazing, but there's something in us we just don't want to do the things of God. We want to do what we want. Walking in the flesh is, is very natural. You, came, you come by it very naturally, very honestly. It's not like you have to go to school to learn how to walk in the flesh. You just do. You inherited it from your parents. And they inherited it from their parents. And they inherited it from their parents. We want to sin. Now you might go, man, my parents are pretty righteous. Well, they have been born again. And they're, they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And now they're letting the, the Spirit of God help them. But before that, our flesh wars, and these are the things. So these are the things that are, are, rec- are recognizable um, by somebody who's walking in the flesh. And I think that we could say, uh, probably go down there and go, no, no, yes, no, yes, 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 no, no, no. And you'll find some. If, you, if none of these are, have ever happened in your life, then, then you're not being honest. These are things that when you walk in the flesh, and sometimes when you're really given in the flesh, you go, yes, 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 no, yes, 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 yes. Why? Because that's the flesh. Now, here's what's crazy, is you can, you can do these things and be a Christian. You can do all these things and be a Christian. But you're not letting the Spirit of God live. So he says, don't 
live like this. Now, now, I'm not saying to stop doing these things. What I'm saying is this is what you're doing if you're not spirit-filled and not spirit-led. You're doing these things. And if you found in your life that some of them have come up and become greater and are starting to come back up, then you've walked away from the spirit even more. So the, the answer is not to fix it by stopping to doing these things. The answer is to get full of the Holy Spirit. To walk in the Spirit. To let God do, through His Spirit, do something in you that causes you to not do this anymore. See, you can only do so, so much good on your own strength and then you fail. We can't do better without the Spirit of God. Here's what's awesome. This is, we all have this next part in our house somewhere. Galatians 5.22 the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. And that's what this passage is really talking about is, is the law. Um, that is the fruit of the Spirit. If you're walking in the Spirit, these things are happening in your life. Reading a, a commentary about this and... Um, I think it was Adrian Rogers who said he didn't like the word self-control. He, he liked spirit control because it's really about the spirit controlling you, which I, I got. I, I got. Um, but uh, it's not about, about us controlling our own self. Just discipline can help us do that. But this is a spiritual thing. I think it's about our self being controlled. Not by us, but by the Spirit of God. Self-control. It's not just about you, you know, you're, yes, you're supposed to have self-control, right? Kids, you have some self-control. Well, when we were growing up, uh, when we were a young family, Zach loved desserts. You would know it later in his life, man, he was so healthy and working out all the time. But when he was like 10, 8, 10, 11, he got in this dessert phase when we had potlucks. It was so bad he had a reputation. If, if we were there and Zach was there, they'd be like, quick, eat the dessert before Zach gets it. And he'd just go and get plates of dessert, man. Just ugh. He had no self-control in that. And, you know, he just, he just didn't. Amazing, he's got a lot of self-control in his life now because God's come upon him and he's worked those things out. But I'm not talking about that kind of self-control. The self-control is that the Spirit of God is living inside of you and he's actually keeping yourself, your flesh, controlled. He's like, no, I'm not going to let that flesh out. You have it until you go to heaven. That's why you can be saved and really serving Jesus one day, but, but walk into this place where you're not walking with God, you're not walking in the Spirit anymore. You didn't give up your salvation, where you're finding yourself walking in the things of the flesh more because you've walked away from the Spirit because you've allowed yourself to get dry and you're not inviting the Spirit of God in and you're not putting, your place, putting yourself in a place where the Spirit of God will have control of your life. So how should we live? We need to be those who are putting ourselves always in, in the way of God in the sense of, of saying, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to give in to my flesh. I want to say no to ungodliness and say yes to the things you have by spending time in prayer, by spending time in his word, and by giving him full access, full access to all of us. How can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a couple things we need to do. 
One is, um, first you have to be saved. Um, and to, uh, how do you get saved? Well, you repent, right? You're saved by faith and you repent of your sin. Well, the same thing, I believe, goes by being spirit-filled. Repent. It's a life of repentance. Things come into your life that are unpleasing to God and you repent. Daily. God, I am sorry. And it's not just lip service. like, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to choose to follow you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to agree with you about my life, and I'm going to choose to follow you. I'm going to repent, and I'm, by faith I'm going to walk in the things of the Spirit. Acts chapter 237 and 238. And then we're going to go to Acts chapter 5 after that, after taking notes. Peter's preaching after he's filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that the people were cut to heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter's response, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. By faith, we believe in Jesus, that he, that God sent his only son to die for our sins, that he was raised from the dead, that he rose to the right hand of God. By faith, we believe all those things. By faith, we have to believe that his sacrifice is good enough to cleanse my sin and that I'm not right with God. It's all by faith because some of these things are so strange to us, really. I mean, they're not anymore, but they were. It's like, what? How does that my sins. You know, I used to try that one as a kid. Blame my brother for things I did, and it just doesn't go over very well. You know? But Jesus, no, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this. I'm going to pay the penalty for you. Go to Acts chapter 5, 32. We'll close here in just a moment. In 5.32 it says this, We are witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to who? Those who obey Him. You're not going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not going to walk in His power. You're not going to be overflowing if you're not in obedience. These things are so closely tied that you, you, you can't do them. We can't do it without Him. We can't really obey without him, not fully, but we need to work at obeying him. And so we say, God, I need your help. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I want to be full of the Spirit of God because I want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I want all those things. I also want to be filled with power. But if I have a, a wrong attitude in the power gifts, and, and then my, my heart is all wrong. I want to be available to walk in everything that God has for me. I want him to be living through me so that I don't miss an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody or be part of a miracle that God wants to do. I don't want to walk according to my flesh anymore. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want life to come back. So I'm going to find myself daily saying, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let my life be overflowing with the things of the Spirit instead of the things of Rob. 
I'm going to put myself in places where I'm I'm open to the the correction of the word of God, and I'm also going, God, how do you want me to obey you today? I'm be praying. I'm going to be reading His word and saying, "Fill me, use me. Less of me and more of you. Less of me and more of you." I'm going to find myself repenting. God, forgive me for that. That's not right when I do those things. It's not right when I have those thoughts even. Help me to take every thought captive and make it obedient to you and your word. I want to be filled. I want to be being filled. I want to put myself so that I'm always being filled. God, I don't want to be dry. Breathe on me, Spirit of God. The song we used to sing, Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine. That's what I want for my life. That's what the world needs from us. And tie this back into the election one more time. The world needs Christians to live strongly, fearlessly, faithfully, and not hypocritically. I, I, I saw, I read something, and I went, wow, I was, I was a little convicted. If Christians would campaign and show support as much for Jesus as they do for America, America would change. I, I, I had this vision. I don't know if it's going to come to pass because I don't know if it's from God or me. You know, we had a we had a Trump rally. We had lots of Trump rallies up here over the last couple of weeks, where a hundred plus cars got together. What if we had a Jesus rally where a hundred plus cars got together, and says we love Jesus? Would we get the support? I tell you, there's plenty of Christians. If we would campaign as hard for Christ as we did for the election, for this, for the America, then this nation would greatly change. We need to be full of the Spirit, walking in that strength, boldness, and power that He has for us, and not giving away to our flesh. Amen? Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need more of you, not more of a sacrifice. Jesus made the, the ultimate sacrifice, but somehow in our lives, we tend to crowd Jesus out. We tend to crowd Holy Spirit out of our lives. We, we, we give into the flesh too much. Help us to be full of the Holy Spirit, full of you, walking in the things of the Spirit, walking in life, and also walking in power and everything that Holy Spirit has for us. God, fill us afresh and fill us anew. God, we want everything that you have for us, even if it doesn't make sense. God, we want everything you have for us, even if it's a little uncomfortable for us. It's outside of our control because we don't want to be controlled by ourselves. We want to be controlled by the Spirit of God anyways. So show us your glory. Show us your spirit. Fill us, Lord. Strengthen us for the days ahead. Help us to be a good witness in every moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, be safe out there. As you go, it's icy. <laughs>